Liz Rao definitely has a quirky sense of humor. She's an author and now a podcast host. But recently, she's undergone a major change in her life. VSG Bariatric Surgery. Now she's on a journey to discover health and happiness. Join her as she navigates this new world. This is Life with Liz. Today's podcast is brought to you by A Hex in the West, a murder mystery novel. Sabrina Kent's world is rocked upside down when her friend and confidant, Deputy Bryan, is suddenly murdered. And she's the lead suspect. When a tall, dark, and handsome investigator shows up to handle the case, Sabrina feels an instant connection to him. It's almost as if she's known him her whole life. Together, with her sister, cousin, and aunt, they ensue on a crazy path of magic, mayhem, and mystery. Hex West Witches. Available on Amazon, Kindle, Nook, iBooks, Smashwords, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of Life with Liz. So, it's been quite a week. Let me tell you what. Started out good, great, and then around Wednesday, um, work-wise, my life just kind of sucked this week. I, I work in sales, and a lot of that is customer service, but there's only so many things that are in or out of your control um, in my particular case, and people are just brutal. That's what I have to say about that. It was a week that I thought I'd rather be furloughed again and back in quarantine. That's how bad I felt. Um, And it put me in a bad mood like the rest of the week, which got me bummed because I was letting something really like superficial, I feel like, bum me out personally. I mean, work is work. It's not supposed to be fun. And... I just was disappointed in myself that I could not just suck it up, you know? I hadn't let anything get to me until this point uh, since coming back. And, uh, yeah, I let it get the better of me. So, the good news is, is I did not go eat my feelings like I would have in the past. I did not go drink my feelings. I... um, Really wanted wine, but I refused to go buy any, and I didn't have any in the house. So there you go. If you don't buy the junk, you won't eat the junk, right? Um, so I've made myself a deal because I do enjoy a nice glass of wine that if it's not a weekend, I can't have it. Um, so I just don't keep it in my house during the week, and it kind of solves all problems for me. But uh, yeah, that was my week. And then I went and had my three-month checkup. So last Tuesday, I was at 15 weeks, so a little past my three months by the time I could get in. Good news is is all my lab work, my blood work, everything looked perfect. He was proud of my progress. I I go to Dr. Brown, and like just had only complimentary things to say. We followed up on um, workout regimen and how much weight I had lost, how much I looked to lose, and he said I was right on track. He thought I would probably lose my goal way before a year, and uh, when I talked to him about my hair loss, he said, when did it start? And I was like, almost immediately, like by the end of the first month, and that, and I said, that's when I lost the biggest bulk of weight at once ever since, and it's, it's been slow. It's a pound to two pounds a week, and 
you know, nothing crazy. And he goes, well, good news, bad news. Yes, you're losing a lot of hair up front. However, you know, for most people that starts around the three to six mark, um, three to six month mark, you started early, so you'll probably end it early. So by six months out, you probably won't be losing that amount of hair anymore because your body is already um, starting to balance its new nutrition scale and absorption, and you're not having any problems with malabsorption. So just keep doing what you're doing. Great words to hear. Fan-freaking-tastic. And because I was a little nervous, I wasn't losing weight as rapidly as other people. I know all journeys are different. Um, my diet is definitely different because I don't eat a lot of meat and I'm dairy-free. So a lot of people can do like yogurts and stuff. That's not for me. Even if I did do dairy, yogurt wouldn't be for me. I never liked it. But, um, so, you know, all good news on that front. Dr. Brown was happy with that. And so I asked him some questions. And one of the ones I asked, because this came up on, um, a board I was on and I saw multiple people comment on it. And... Because I'm like a little spy. I just like to watch what other people say on all these different uh, bariatric boards all over the world. And someone said, I only lost 55 pounds total from the sleeve. It just stopped working for me. And other people are like, yeah, it stopped working for me. Yeah, I had regain. And it really kind of pissed me off that people were phrasing it like that. Because it gives this impression of the sleeve does all the work. The sleeve is just a tool. And so I asked him, I said, you know, when people who regain or say their sleep stopped working, why is that? And he goes, they've 100% stopped following the diet and they've stopped exercising. Or they never started exercising to begin with. And I thought that's probably so true. And I think people feel like they might even be following the diet because they're hitting their metrics right. And they're eating things like, I'm just just came to mind. I'm not necessarily picking on this product, but like Quest Pizza, people eat it because they want pizza. And they're like, but it's like low carb and high protein, but it's also heavily processed and starts prepping you really for slider foods, right? Because, and let me explain what slider foods are. Slider foods are processed foods that immediately start breaking down in your mouth. They're much easier to eat. Think of a cracker and how it dissolves in your mouth or like a chip. That's a slider food, and you can eat a lot more of those, but you're not getting any nutrients out of it, and it's you're eating more calories in the end because you can eat more of those. So you're not hitting your metrics. You're going to have more calories. You're eating more food, and you're wasting that space that could be used for good, healthy, nutritional food, right? So uh, those overprocessed keto products or low-carb, high-protein products, whatever you want to call it, it, it's a gateway. So I really encourage anyone who's going through this journey to learn how to cook, if you don't know how, um, or really, really, truly just make your own foods. You can make your own meat and cheese roll-ups and use a meat that is organic and has less crap in it than your Oscar Mayer sandwich meat or your already-made salami and cheese roll up. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be more in that. And, you know, I probably have scrambled eggs every day. I throw in different veggies, different flavors. I have a shake every day. And then I usually have some sort of fish. I try to keep it pretty lean, high protein. I do get more carbs in my diet because if I do things like tofu, it's a higher carb level. 
Um, I like to throw strawberries into my shake for a little bit of sweetness in the morning. It's the only sugar I really need is a couple of berries, but strawberries are higher in carbs. So are apples. So you have to really think about, okay, but is it a good carb? Is it coming from something naturally found on this planet? So as long as those are where your carbs are coming from, like you're going to be fine. So just really, really think about your diet. And when people stall, how much water are you getting? How much exercise are you getting? Have you upped your exercise level at all? If you've been doing 20 minutes a day on the treadmill for 15 weeks, at some point you got to kick that up to 30 minutes a day. So, you know, it's just all about really watching yourself, watching your habits, and paying it just paying attention to everything you do. He goes, you know, I had a girl who came in here and she had switched jobs and she goes, you know, it was just so sudden I was I gained 25 pounds and I've been there for only 25 weeks and it just seems so associated to this job. And so he he goes, we sat down with her and a nutritionist and I joined them and we looked at her diet. Well, she had started a new job and every day they went downstairs to a Starbucks and had a latte at three o'clock and she wasn't ordering just a simple latte. She was ordering something with different syrups in it and even though she was doing stevia, it was still ended up being like a 500 calorie drink that she was having seven days a week. So that's a pound a week because 3,500 calories is roughly a pound. So if you add 3,500 calories to your diet in a week or take that out, if you haven't had sleep, that's roughly a pound, right? So think about how your body's going to treat that when you have had sleep or RNY. And he goes, you know, we, she took that out of her diet and she came back in six months later and she had already lost all that weight. So it the sleep really never stops working but we could stop working the sleeve. That was a nutshell of his, his answer to me. And um, I found it very valuable. He has a good sense of humor. And um, it was good. It was a good appointment all the way around. And uh, the one thing I do want to talk about is that uh, he did point out my blood sugar levels. So I was really close um, to the pre being diagnosed as pre-diabetic, which I didn't even realize because sugar was not a thing for me. And he goes, your levels are, like, great. Like, you're four. I was like, what's bad? And he was like, uh, like a seven or eight. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So um, that wasn't even a, the reason I had the surgery, but it's a super nice benefit post-surgery because I do have um, – I had a grandmother in the family who was diabetic. So today I want to talk about the five questions I am asked most often. There are a lot of questions we get asked um, as a bariatric patient. I'm sure anyone listening could agree, but there are questions you get asked more often than not. Every day I like to start off my morning with an orgain shake. Yes, you heard me, an orgain shake. Why? Because it's completely clean protein that is good for you, good for your body, good for the planet, and totally healthy. So I love it so much. I like to get the vanilla bean with superfoods because it has some natural probiotics in there as well. And I mix it with silk protein milk. And that protein milk has 10 grams of protein per cup. So altogether, that smoothie is 31 grams of protein, totally healthy, totally clean, totally organic, and starts my day off in a great way. So if you are interested in trying this, you can head over to Orgain.com. I have the link in my Instagram bio as well. And check out their products. They have all different 
shake formulas, nutritional shake formulas if you're needing extra vitamins as well. They also have a whey protein shake. I don't do dairy, but many people out there do, so and that is completely grass-fed as well. And then they have protein bars, which are delicioso. You know what I mean? So head on over to Orgain.com, use promo code LizRao30 for 30% off your order today, and check it out. For more information, just go over to my Instagram bio at LizRaoOfficial and click the link in my bio. So again, promo code LizRao30 at Orgain.com. So starting off, my first question I get all the time, at least once a day, whether it's on Instagram or a blog or from someone I interact with in my daily life, I get asked, why did I have surgery? That's definitely the number one question. So I like to make sure that people know I didn't do this just for weight loss. Yes, BSG is a weight loss surgery first and foremost, but when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see like a obese person. Was I obese? Yeah, you betcha. Um, was I overweight? Yeah, you betcha. But when I looked in the mirror, I saw somebody who was depressed, unhappy, um, who could not sleep, and had zero energy to change her life. And those were really the, the main reasons I did this surgery. Because I just, I, I needed help. I needed that tool to change my life. And I've talked about this before where my anxiety and my depression was physically hurting my body and physically affecting everything. Um, no matter what I ate, I was getting sick and my intestines cramped nonstop. And it was just like this pain wrapped around my body. And I just, all I wanted to do was lay in bed. And there wasn't anything physically wrong with my internal organs. It all came from this anxiety and depression. So, um, which led me to be overweight. And then I just, I just couldn't lose the weight. And I had, I, I just needed the help. I really did. And I'm not afraid to say it. I don't think people should be afraid to ask for that help or be afraid to vocalize why they had surgery. Uh, I did have sleep apnea. That was another huge reason. I had the surgery because the weight loss completely reversed the sleep apnea for me. Fun fact. So now I'm sleeping. Now I have more energy. Um, I'm much happier and it has nothing to do with my physical appearance. Like I'm still buying clothes in a larger size because I don't understand that I've lost 45 pounds. Um, and and it's, all, it's all kind of a mental game, but... I don't really know that my weight contributed as much as to my happiness as my energy levels did. Um, being able to get up and exercise in the morning and have that energy then follow me out through the rest of the day. When I work out, I get more and more energy. It's, it's crazy, and I'm sure it's somehow related to endorphins. But then I like want to clean the house, and then once I clean the house, I want to do this project, and I want to do that project. And it all stemmed from me being able to lose enough weight to get up and work out to be able to fall asleep at night and get a good night's sleep. And it's just this cycle. And every day I feel better. And so that's that's really why I had the surgery. There are plenty of reasons. You know, I just found out I was really pre-diabetic um, or almost there, really. Um, so 
I think I would have ended up having to have this regardless of my timing of it. But having it during COVID and while on furlough was probably a good thing for me because it allowed me to focus on all the classes, the education, and my recovery. So the second question I get is, how long was I in the hospital? Because it's major surgery, right? You have 80% of your stomach permanently removed forever. And I have five incisions from surgery, and one of them, trying to think of a good way to explain this when you can't see me, um, one of them had a little robot arm <laughs> inside of it. It's only like an inch, maybe a little bigger than an inch big as far as the incision goes, but the robot arm went in, and it. if you've never seen what VSG surgery looks like, just go to YouTube. You can look it up anywhere, but it basically like tells the surgeon where to cut, and it won't release until it's safe to, until the stomach has, like, really cauterized, and then they go in with the stable as well, but um, it, it's this really cool thing. But then they take that 80% of your stomach they removed, and they pull it out of that one incision. Um, so that took a long time to heal, that one little incision. It definitely had the most trauma. Um but I'm uh, sorry, I got off track. So the question was how long I was in the hospital. And from start to finish, about a day and a half. One night, I arrived at... Doo -doo 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 -doo, let me think. My surgery was at 9.30, so I arrived at 7 a.m. Because I had to be there two and a half hours early. And it's a whole hurry up and wait situation. You go, you get registered, then you wait. And I waited about an hour or so before I could go into the pre-op area. And then you get undressed, you pee in a cup, and put on your nightgown, and then you wait. And then they put an IV in you, get you hydrated. Um, there was some, I can't even remember what it is, I'm gonna have to go back to my video, but there was some shot they give you that, it's like a steep, like a bee sting. Um, that wasn't great. But, uh, yeah, and then you wait. So, and then your doctor comes in and talks to you, and then you wait, and then your anesthesiologist comes in and talks to you, and then you wait. And then finally you get rolled and I might have even walked, I can't even remember, and um, I remember getting up and shifting myself onto the operating table, and then, uh, yeah, I woke up, my memory comes in around like 12, 30, 1 o'clock, throwing up, my husband says I was up before that, no recollection, because if you haven't listened to the one with me and my husband, they gave me morphine, which I told them not to, and uh, I was a little jacked up there for a while because it just kept making me throw up, and I was totally out of it. And once they switched me over to Dilaudid, which for most people is, like, really heavy, but for me it's the better option, I was totally fine. It was like a walk in the park. By, like, 6 o'clock that night, I was FaceTiming my mom and watching Real Housewives and totally happy. Um, and I was drinking fluids, so I was listening to this other podcast and they said they had this, like, sponge that they got to wet and put in their mouth and they couldn't drink anything for an entire 24 hours. That was not my experience whatsoever. I could drink whatever I wanted as long as it was uncaffeinated. So I had, like, a Gatorade, a vitamin water, a regular water. Um, the Gatorade tasted by far and away the best. And I think it's because of the sodium. Because you, you do feel just so dehydrated. But... Um, by noon the next day, my husband was walking out with me. He came to pick me up, and, uh, we signed off the paperwork, and we left. So, um, it was real quick and easy. 
It felt longer to me because I don't sleep. If you've ever listened to any of these podcasts, you know that there are just some times where my anxiety's awake, my mind is very alert, and I'm up. So it uh, felt a little longer than a day and a half, but uh, all in all, I mean, it was real quick, real easy. Um, the third question I often get, and sometimes this could be the second most asked question, it just kind of depends on the week, but what was the worst part of recovery? Hmm. <laughs> Recovery's not that hard after the first week. I have to be honest. The first week, you're just like trying, you feel so swollen, number one, from not only the gas they used to pump you up for surgery, but like you can feel your stomach being swollen because it's healing. Your esophagus hurts because of the tube. Your mouth is, <laughs> your taste buds are just gone because of that tube as well. Everything tastes like metal, but it's not. It's not rough in the sense that you're just aching and hurting, at least I wasn't. But um, the worst part for me is kind of a two-parter. That little lung compressor they make you blow in once an hour for like five times an hour. Um, yeah, I really hated that. Nobody, I never heard anything about this. I know it's to prevent lung clots and great. That's fan-freaking-tastic. I don't care. I really hated this thing. Don't ask me why. It, it just felt like some sort of punishment when it's all you can do to drink a sip of water and then you have to like blow your lungs out to death on this stupid thing. Um, I just, yeah, I really, really hated it. I, I'd watched so many YouTube stories from start to finish and surgery recovery videos and read so many blogs and followed so many Instagram stories and not one person, not one mentioned this. Every single one of them talked about hair loss, so I don't understand how anyone could not know about that going into surgery. But, yeah, this little lung compressor to prevent blood clots in your lungs, I don't know why, but I really, it was like the enemy. And you have to do it for five days. And, um, yeah, I didn't like it. And my husband was like a torture chamber and, like, religious about doing it, and that's why I called him Nurse Ratchet. And, yeah, I would rather walk around the block all day long at a snail's pace than blow into that thing. So... That I did not enjoy for recovery. And then the, the second part of recovery, because you have to remember, you do a week of, of liquids going into surgery. And then you're only liquids coming out for the next two weeks. And by the time you get to pureed foods, you just don't, you don't feel right. You don't necessarily feel like yourself. Your energy is a little bit lower because you're barely taking in calories and uh, you get constipated. You just do. It's not a pretty thing. No one likes to hear it, but you will. You will. You do. You learn to. You learn a whole new process about yourself going through the different diet restrictions and steps. Um, I tried to do Benefiber. That was a no go. It just made me gag. I don't. I don't understand the people who put it in their smoothies. My husband was like, "Here, put it in like a." emergency pack so it just tastes like lemonade it's you know it's flavorless you can't even taste it and then he would get things that you could taste with flavors it didn't matter there was some chalkiness to it and I was very very sensitive and I couldn't do it so then I got fiber gummies and uh, changed my world I did the fiber fit sugar-free from Target and uh yeah two a day you'll be right as rain so um the more you know with Liz Rao. And then, yeah, so those are definitely the worst, worst parts about the recovery, at least for me. I didn't have 
any issues with acid reflux. I didn't have any issues with my incisions really healing. Um, with re removing my on-cue pump tubes that, uh, you know, not every doctor does. But in retrospect, like, none of those things were really hard. Um, the fourth question I get, and this one I get really from friends from when they first see me, because the other part of this is that we are in quarantine, so I haven't seen a lot of people. I haven't been out doing my daily job or I travel all the time. Um, or am out doing sales calls and visiting five different offices a day. You know, I just haven't seen a lot of people this year. And so the first time they see me, they ask, well, how do you feel? And I have to say, most days I feel pretty damn good. So, and I'm not even at my goal weight yet, but I am very, very close to where I was just like five years ago when I met my husband. Not clothing size-wise, but weight-wise I am. And... You know, I, I definitely, like I said, I have more energy. I want to do more. I want to be more adventurous. And I'm definitely just a whole lot more active. So I feel really good. Um, segueing off to the clothing size thing for a second, it pisses me off, women's clothing size. I have a, uh, a pair of jeans from Old Navy from 2015 that I kept before everything had to be sewn with a stretchy freaking spandex, right? They're baggy they're falling off um but they're probably my most comfortable pair right now bought a brand new pair from old navy same style supposedly skin freaking tight because now they sell they sew sorry all of their jeans as does everyone else with like a stretchy spandex fabric and i don't like it why does everything have to be skin tight i just want a pair of comfortable like jeans boot cut jeans I don't need everything to be a skinny jean. I have huge hips, and then it just makes me look bigger. Makes my ass look bigger. Makes my thighs look bigger. Not everyone looks good in a skinny jean. That's what I'm going to say. So, yeah, I don't like women's size clothing. And when I was this weight five years ago, when I first met my husband, I was in smaller size clothing as well. Um, so, yeah. It's weird. Weird the things weight will do to you. The fifth question I get, um, would I ever do it again? Would I ever have VSG surgery again? The answer is yes, without a doubt. Now, I feel really bad for the people who have terrible acid reflux or um, they end up getting the hiatal hernias, the gallbladders removed, which I think is a lot. If you're eating a whole lot of fat, you have to really reconcile that because, um, that's what will cause, like, gallbladder stones and whatnot. But, uh, you know, yes, I would absolutely do VSG surgery again. Not because of the weight loss, but because of how I physically feel. Um, and that's really, really what it truly comes down to. You know, why are you doing this surgery, and who is it for, and if you're going to work the tool or if it's going to work you? And, um, sorry, I've been saying I'm um, a lot in this podcast, but... Yes. Without a doubt, I was I had no hesitations going in. Once I make up my mind to do something like that's it. I'm good. I am not a procrastinator. I'm not indecisive when it comes to big huge decisions. Sorry, let me just take a little drink of water here. Sip sip sip. Hashtag #sip sip sip. But um 
everyone else was like, are you sure you want to do it? Like, I really didn't have a lot of support going into it. Um, my parents really questioned it. My dad was like, I don't think you need the surgery. You could just do this diet and lose the weight without the surgery, which if you don't have that tool restricting how much you eat, then the diet doesn't really work. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I was the only one who was like, no, hundred percent. This is what I'm doing for my first consultation. I never thought, should I not do this? Yes, I did have the moment three days afterwards where I was like, what the hell did I do? But that was in recovery and you're just like trying to f navigate the new world you're living in and the new restrictions and how you physically feel when you drink things and eat things. But for me, this was 100% the right decision and the right way to go. And I really want to thank all of you all for following this journey with me. I'm going to start having on my local... Um, guests and friends from my same bariatric center that I've made and we're going to start hearing about some other stories so if you are interested in coming on and sharing your story just send me a dm on instagram facebook at Liz Rao official you can even send me an email at info. so so happy to talk to anyone and if anyone wants to come on and share their story we'll figure it out we'll we'll set up a date and you too can be a part of this journey in other news, outside of my BSG journey and over to my life as an author, I do have a brand new book out. I've been talking about this for a while now. It's the first book in my new series, A Hex in the West. And it's a Western-themed, cozy murder mystery series with a witch twist. So a little moxie, a little mayhem, a little mystery, and a little murder. Set in Georgetown, Colorado known for being a gold mining town. A Hex in the West is fun, it's snarky, and it's just a good, quick, fun read. So check it out today. Please leave a review. You guys, I am an independent author. I do all of it on my own. I do the publishing, the cover design, everything. So please, please, please leave a review. They help so much, so tremendously. Head on over to Amazon if you want it in paperback or if you want the Kindle version for $2.99. And it's also on Nook, iBooks, Smashwords, Goodreads, um, Kobu. I mean, you name it, it's out there. So very, very excited about this. It's my sixth book. I feel like a brand new mama. And let me know what you think. All right, guys, until next week, let's talk soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life with Liz.